0: You know, uh, it's been really exciting and God, it is it's really a dream, is really a fulfillment. Just to share a bit, you know, I, I, I had a calling. God called me since I was 12 years old. Uh, 12 years old, that's a very long time. But like uh, being born in an Asian family and all that, right, you know, so as I grew up I wanted to go, I wanted to go Bible college straight away. And my parents were like, no, 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 you need to go and get a degree. Like, okay, okay, I, I got a degree. Then I said, okay, I got a degree now. Now. Let me go for a second degree, go Bible college. They say no, 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 no. You need to go and work. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go work. I get some experience. My parents are very smart, right? They say, you know, you must work so that you can relate to the people. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, uh, fair enough, justifiable. So I worked. And then after I worked a while, I told my parents, you know, I mean, like two years, I think like, okay, enough. I gained some work experience. I know the world. I can see the world already. Then they say, now I think, uh, you need to work overseas. <laughs> oh, okay, but you know what, I went overseas, I worked overseas for, for a good four years, I was in Singapore, and then God called me back. You know, in four years there, in the fourth year, God laid a heart uh, of Malaysia in me, and He called me back to Malaysia, and you know what, when I said yes to Him, God opened doors, and I came back to Malaysia, and then I landed in SIBKL. And it's so awesome, it's so crazy because when I came back to Malaysia, you know, I was looking for a church that has a heart for Malaysia and it will go all out for Malaysia. And I visited SIBKL, you know, and I saw that in SIBKL and I was so delighted because I felt that, wow, this church is really doing something for Malaysia. This church is really going all out for Malaysia and this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be planted. So then I came to SIBKL right then 3 years ago pastor chu invited me and asked me to be a lay pastor here so I like I got one foot in and then this year uh, last year 2021 2021 and I, I made the decision to go full time and also it was god's timing uh, I think everything was aligned perfectly in my life as well it was tremendous god was leading me it was so amazing and you know what it's been I, I was in the working world for 13 years one tree. You know, I think I've done okay, not too bad. I've 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 accomplished a few things. Uh, I was an accountant. I, I'm I still am an accountant. I got a professional accounting, but now you're, yeah, you know what? I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor first, and an accountant now. No, I'm a Christian first. People see a Christian first, right? Okay, so I'm a professional accountant, and I I, I think I accomplished uh, most of the things that a, an accountant would like to accomplish. You know, you've climbed the ranks, gone up. I was the head of a finance department system, HR payroll. I covered mainly yeah, all the support systems of a company. I work in an MNC, I work in a public listed, I work in a startup. Uh, so quite okay, la, not bad, but it spanned 13 years. And I was preparing this message, you know. God was telling me, 13 years. And he said, you know how many times the Israelites circled Jericho? 13 times. I'm like, wow, okay, so this message is really for me, for me, ah. but I'm going to share it with you all, okay? So, I mean, when I got Jericho, I was like, yes, Jericho, come on, right, Jericho, that is, is, I've listened about Jericho since I was in Sunday school, you know, but, you know, it should be, shouldn't be too difficult, right? But after a while, I felt, oh, no, Jericho, everybody listened before Ready one. So I'm like, but you know what, God spoke, and you know, God is always so true when He speaks. You know, He has a fresh word every time you read the passage, every time you go into Scripture, He has something new. You know, we are in the pulpit series of Joshua right now, and it's been exciting. Our first two weeks of the year, we went to Joshua 1 to Joshua 4. Last weekend, we had our encounter service, which is so amazing, so amazing, you know. Joshua, the book of Joshua is filled with conflicts, conquests, and battles which we are called to face every day. We face battles every day. You know, and in the book of Joshua is where we learn how to deal with these battles in our lives, these day-to-day battles in our lives, and how we could to deal with them in faith, by having faith in God and having faith in the promises of God's Word. You know, Pastor Wyan covered uh, extensively on Joshua 5 in the first and second service about what happened at Gilgal. You all need to listen to it because it is very, very, very powerful. You know, it reminds the children of Israel about their identity, the covenant, that was the circumcision. It reminds the children of Israel about the promises that God will provide for them. God will protect them. And most importantly, it reminds them of whose side they are on whose side they are on. So listen, go back, listen to YouTube, listen to first and second service. It's it's really, really good. Today, we're going to cover Joshua chapter 5 verse 13 all the way until Joshua 6 verse 21. Jericho, Jericho, the first major city, the first major stronghold that the children of the Israelites would have to take in order to possess the promised land. You know, prior to this, before this, the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They were in the desert. Remember that? You know, pillar of fire by night, cloud by day, manna fell from heaven. They circled the desert, you know, but then they still complained a lot. But God continued to give them miracles, water from rocks, you know, getting healed straight away. So many things, right? But now has come the time for the Israelites to possess the land to possess the promises that God has given. Now, I just want to rewind a bit, you know. The wandering in the wilderness. Now, some of us are still wandering in the wilderness. Some of us here. Now, I like to term this as a wilderness Christian. What is a wilderness Christian, okay? A wilderness Christian is a Christian. You believe in God, you are saved by God's grace, you believe that Christ has saved you and forgiven you of your sins, But you are not walking your day to day life according to God's promises by faith in God. And you can hear this when you talk. A wilderness Christian, when he talks, he talks about how life is so difficult. Life is tough. I mean, it is tough. It is tough. Yes, it's challenging. You can hear about the battles, but the main key is you always hear this. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying my best to have the strength to battle through this. You know, I'm doing my very best. It is all upon himself or herself. It's all upon ourselves, all about our strength, you know? So the wilderness Christian hath not entered into a walk of faith, which is to begin to approach life and all the battles that come with by hanging on to the promises of God. You know, as opposed to a promised land Christian, all right? Now we have a promised land, we've got wilderness Christian, now we've got a promised land Christian. Now they have a different attitude uh, and a different way about talking about life, you know? They talk about trusting the Lord. You no, know, they talk about the same battles. They say, yes, I am going through struggles. Yes, I'm going through difficulties, but now you hear, There's a change in attitude, but I trust God. I know God is working something out in my life, although I don't see it, although I don't understand it. But God is working something out and I trust Him. I trust that He has me. He holds me. The battle belongs to the Lord. The God, God goes before me. I am trusting Him to see me through in this season, in this situation. You see, that's what the book of Joshua is all about. Joshua brings them not only to the border of the promised land, he brings them across the Jordan and into the promised land and they find once they get there, there are battles. Battle after battle after battle after battle which they must fight and we must fight as well by having faith in God. You know, that's how you and I are called to live our lives by having faith in God, in the battles that we go through. Romans 1:17 says, the righteous shall live by faith. So we have to fight our battles with faith. You know, the picture of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River is a picture of you and I, believers crossing over from being a wilderness Christian to a promised land Christian. It is time to change our hearts. It is time to change our speech. You God says, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. So when we change our heart, we change our speech. And now it's time to say, I will lay hold of the promises of God. I am going to walk by faith. I'm going to meet every issue, every situation, every circumstance in my life with faith in God. I'm going to believe that He goes before me. I am going to believe that the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm going to believe that the walls of this city, the walls of Jericho, no matter how big, no matter how strong, no matter how tall, no matter how impossible it may seem, will come crumbling down. It's time for us to move over. It is a pivotal moment when we decide to move from being a wilderness Christian to a promised land Christian. Now even right now, I feel that I'm speaking to some people right now. You can relate to this. You feel like a wilderness Christian, you you know? You're always talking about how life is difficult, and you're just trying to push through. Trying your level best, working, you know, using your own strength, using your own resources. But today can be a day where you move from a wilderness Christian to a promised land Christian. Would you all like to move from being a wilderness Christian to a promised land Christian? Can I see a show of hands? Who want to move from that? All right, nearly everybody. So everybody, let's pray this prayer. Pray after me. Let's close our eyes and pray. Lord, I trust you. I want to enter the promised land. I want the inheritance that you have for me. I want to live by faith. And I am trusting that God is going to enable me. You go before me. And I believe that the battle that I face belongs to you. In Jesus' most my name. And all God's people say, amen. amen. All right. Now that we have crossed the Jordan together, I don't want to scare you, but we have Jerichos to face right now. All right. Now we will crossed together. Yeah? All of us, we are going in it together like the Israelites. know, the Israelites crossed over the river Jordan and there Jericho was the toughest of all cities, smack in the middle of their path, massive fortified walls, and they have to take it. They can go around it. It's okay to go around it and then go into the land, but you know what happens if they go around it? Jericho will be on their back all the time, all the time. And if they attack, Jericho can attack them from their back. So no matter what, they have to conquer. They have to conquer Jericho. If they don't conquer Jericho, Gone. Gone. And what is Jericho? You know, Jericho, archaeologists, they, they say that it's a tell. You know, you hear about tell, aviv, tell, or tell. What's, what's a tell? A tell is a civilization that is built upon civilization upon civilization. And when you build, build, build over it, of course it comes, the crumble goes down, and you build, the crumble goes down, and you build on top, it, it forms a, like a hill-like area. So it's on top of an area, of a plateau area. And you know what? Because Jericho kept rebuilding itself it fall, it built. This talks about certain sins, certain circumstances or issue in our life that keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. It's very persistent. But Jericho has high fortified walls. And they said that they have a double wall, outer wall and inner wall, and it's sitting on a slope, all right? So if you are at the bottom, you are seeing one wall, and before you can see the city, you see another wall. That's crazy defense, you know? And not just that, they're sitting on a high ground. You know battle strategies. When you are on high ground, you have the upper hand. You have the upper hand. On the first and second service, uh, Pastor Wayne was, um, he was giving some examples about Star Wars, right? And there is this famous scene in Star Wars where Obi-Wan Kenobi stands on higher ground and Anakin Skywalker was down there. Then Obi-Wan Kenobi says, you can't win this. I have the upper hand. I have the higher ground. And it's true. It's true. Whoever has the higher ground sees everything. You want to attack me, you attack my leg, I can defend so easily. You see everything. This talks about sins that we see, situations in our life, that we see uh, that are so impossible, so difficult, because they have the higher ground. They have a hole in our life. And we're always looking upward and we're always thinking, ah, so difficult, so difficult. And not just that, Jericho, you know, at the point of time it was the harvest season, that's why the flood and everything, so Jericho, had a lot of food stocked up. And archaeologists believe that if all the food was in there, you know, when they, they discovered, they discovered uh, barrels and vases full of grain. Imagine that. Full of grain. And they calculated and said they could have lasted for years. And that's a water canal inside Jericho that gives them fresh water. It can last for years, you know. That's crazy. So, This talks about certain sin in our life that can last for years and can last a long time. Yes, the sin can hunker down, close its gates, not attack you, but it's still there. It's not growing in in strength, but it is there. And this usually happens when we have an encounter with God, like we did last weekend. It happens when God reminds us of our identity, of His covenant, which happened in Joshua 5, in the covenant, the circumcision. It happens when God reminds us that God will provide for us and will protect us. You know why? Because the sin, the situation, the forces around it, they get scared. When you are reminded, when you know, when you know that God is on your side, so they close their gates, they shut it down. But they are still there. They are still there. So the actual issue, when we choose, this is an actual issue, it's a real real thing when we choose to walk by faith. Challenges will come, and it could be big challenges. And that's our Jericho, but we should not worry. Now let's see what God has for us as promised land Christians. Wow, my introduction, so long. (laughs) Okay, let's go into the Word, let's go into the Word. Joshua chapter five. Verse 13, the Lord's commander confronts Joshua. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with sword in hand. You know, when somebody draws out a sword and is holding in his hand, it usually means that this person is ready for battle. If the sword is in the, in the sieve, oh, we're all good, it's all good, it's all hunky-dory, right? When the sword is out, hey, this guy means business. You know, this guy means, Joshua uh, was probably scouting out, trying to be a good leader. He went to Jericho, he was scouting out the land, trying to strategize, hey, the walls are this high, this high, we need this much leather, we need this much ropes, we need a, a hook and everything to climb through, maybe I need to build a battling ram. You know, he was probably figuring out this, and then he looked up, and there was a man with a sword in his hand, held out, held out, aggressive posture, Okay. And being the courageous, you know, strong and courageous warrior that Joshua is. Let's continue. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you friend or foe?" Neither one, he replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. I am at your command, Joshua said. What do you want? What do you want your servant to do? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And Joshua did as he was told. Now, before we move to chapter 6, let us pause here for a while. It's very, this passage is very interesting because the first thing that comes into your mind is Who is this man standing there, sword in hand, ready to fight? Who is this man who identifies himself as the commander of the Lord's army? There is something in the narrative that gives away who this person is. You notice when Joshua fell face down to the ground and worshiped this individual, this individual received it. This individual receives it. There are passages in the Bible where angels appear before people and people fall down in worship and the angel rebukes them. He said, get up, get up. For I am a servant, just as you are. But this did not happen here. The commander of the Lord's army accepts worship. He receives worship, and this is the key to the person's identity. This is what we call a theophany, right? A theological word which means the appearance of God to men. So now we know who this is. This is God Himself who is appearing to Joshua, And then he has a very interesting conversation with Joshua. And a rather confusing one, if you might ask me, because of the response that God gave to Joshua. Joshua obviously did not know who this is. He asked, are you friend or foe? Are you for me or against me? Are you for Israel or are you for Jericho? And the response was, neither. In other translation, it's no. Which seems a very strange response because... God did not answer Joshua's question. It was not a yes or no question, all right? If it's a yes or no, you say no or neither, okay, understandable. But it's not. Are you for or against me? No. Like, uh, but basically, it's a negative response, okay? It's a negative response. So it's kind of like Joshua or God was saying, Joshua... That's not the issue. Whether I'm for or against you, it's not the issue. That's not the question you really need to be concerned with. No? And it's like God was saying that, and Joshua, he got it. It was enough for him. He understood it. Joshua got the message, and I believe, you know, the message that God was trying to convey is that God doesn't take sides. God doesn't take sides. Now, I can imagine Joshua asking, are you on our side or are you on their side? God replied, no. Joshua was probably thinking, I would probably think, hey, that's not what I ask. You know, what if you were to ask God, God, are you on my side? And he says no to you. (laughs) What do you think? You know, when you think, what, what do you think about this? Do you think that God is against you? Do you think that? No, no. Just because God may not be on your side doesn't mean He is against you. It just means you are asking the wrong question. Joshua was asking the wrong question. Joshua, he's asking, are you on my side or are you on their side? God says, there is only one side and that is my side, God's side. It's not us that should be asking God whether He is for us or against us, but it is God that should be asking us, are you for God or are you against God? Are you for or against God? And it is our job to set our will. It is our job to set our actions to His plans, to His agenda. The God of the universe does not take sides We go to His side. We go to His side. You know, 1 John 5 verse 14, it says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. What is this passage saying? This passage is basically saying, you need to be on God's side. You know, we spend a lot of time in prayer trying to convince God to come to our side. And that's the same thing Joshua did. God, are you on my side? I pray that you are on my side. Basically, we already have a plan. We have an agenda. This, 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 this. Everything is ready. Now we pray, God, get on board. Like, hey, bro, my gosh. You can't do that, man. You can't do that. Can you imagine? You put out a whole plan and everything. You go to your boss. Boss, get on board. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So we spend all the time praying, convincing God to get on board with our plans. And all this while, the Bible says that our confidence in prayer is not getting God on board with us. It is aligning ourselves with His will, His will, which then creates the confidence that we are being heard. When we align ourselves to His will, and we ask in accordance to His will, we have that confidence that we are being heard. And we have that confidence that it will come true because it is His will, not our will. This is an important lesson that Joshua is learning. And I'm feeling that we have to learn it as well. And God wants to make it clear. He's probably saying, Joshua, listen to me. This is not your battle. This is not your plans. This is not your invasion. This is mine. You need to come to me. You need to come with me. I will give you direction. I will give you the ability. This is very important because Joshua is the picture of how you and I are to go into battle in our life. What we usually do when we face our Jerichos is the exact same thing that Joshua did. You know, when we come to God, please, God, please be on my side. God, we ask, we ask, I'm so troubled. Come, come, come and help me, God. If then you quote scripture, right? If my God is for me, who can be against me? You know, we say this, oh God, come, come. And all this while God is saying, listen, it is my side that you need to be concerned about. And when you are on my side, I go before you. When you are on my side, the battle belongs to me, the Lord. Get on my side. Get on my side. Now we see, now we see the name that God uses when He appeared to Joshua, the commander of the Lord's army. What is that? That is Jehovah Sabaoth, commander of the Lord's army. He's, he said he is the commander of the army of the Lord, and Joshua was probably thinking, hey, I thought I was the commander of the army, you know, but this commander is not the commander of the people in Gilgal. This commander is the commander of the heavenly host. This is the commander of all the angels that are waging war, battling for us, around us, when we are unaware of it. This is the commander of the army, of the spiritual battles that are going all around us that we cannot see. And there are so many battles, battles going all around us, over our city, over our nation, over our judiciary system, over our government over our lives, over our family. We know it's happening because God tells us in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, Daniel receives the vision from God, right? And he prays for understanding of the vision. And God answers him. But the answer took three weeks to get to him. And the angel appeared to him, and then the angel explained himself to him, you know, I was delayed, you know, because the prince or the principalities of Persia delayed him for 21 days. Finally, Michael the archangel came and fought for me and got through. So these spiritual battles are happening all the time. Paul wrote in Ephesians 6 verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is where the real battle is happening. It may manifest in the physical and that is, we see the results in the physical, but it is happening. The actual battle is happening in the spiritual realm. And we even forget it. You know, we always think it's people's problem. You know, behind all the issues and struggles that we are facing in our nation, or let's go personal, behind hardness of heart, behind pornography and addiction, behind sexual child abuse, behind child trafficking, Uh, human trafficking, behind ruined marriages, behind criminal acts or sexual perversion of any kind or anything that goes against the order of God, behind all that, you will find Satan and you will find his forces at work doing what they do. And that, there is the battle that we need to fight. You know, the the spiritual battle is constant and it's unrelenting and worst of all, we cannot see it. But we know From scripture that is going on. So, when you've got a politician in our country making all sorts of policies, all sorts of statements, you know, we think we've got an electoral problem. Or we think we have maybe an educational problem. Paul will say differently to you and I. If Paul was here, he would say, No! The battle is not against flesh and blood. We need to get down on our knees and pray. We need to pray that God will lose the power of the enemy that is on our nation. We need to do spiritual warfare and battle for this situation. We need to speak into the nation and call her into repentance, into renewal, and into her destiny. It is a spiritual battle. And a more personal note, you know, there could be battles that you are facing. That could be satanic assaults in your life, in your family, in your home. It could be greed, lust, gambling, cheating, lying, pride, ego. I can go on and on and on, etc. Right? It's, it's a lot. And these are battles that we have to face. These are our Jericho's. Now, okay, there's a lot of bad stuff. Now, let's go to the good stuff, right? The The good news is Jesus is on the throne. We sang, for He wear the victor's crown. Every stronghold must be broken, must be shaken. Every stronghold must come down. You know, in Ephesians Chapter 1, verse 21 to 23. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his, which is Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything, head over everything, for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Notice this: God placed, not will placed, it is past tense. Take note of this because we will come to that again. There's another passage that says this. And that is why we can go into battles victorious because all things are under Jesus' feet. And that's the same thing Pastor Gilbert just prayed just now when we were praying for healing. We can claim healing because healing, because sickness, illness, all sorts of disease is under Jesus' feet. Matthew 28, 18 says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, to Jesus. Now, this is the good news. All right, so now we've established, one, we need to be on God's side. Two, God's side is the winning side. I mean, like, duh, you, just like, (laughs) if you're on God's side, you sure win one, you know? And all things are under His feet, and we've seen Scripture, we've seen that. We have that confidence. And three, the real battle is the one that's happening in the spiritual. Now we've established this, we can move on to chapter six. Okay, how, how am I doing for time? Okay, I think we can still do it. All right, chapter six. Point number one, Joshua 6, verse 1 and 2. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. Remember, since shut in because you have an encounter with God because God, God reminds you. He shut in. No one was allowed to go out or in, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho. It's king and all its strong warriors. I have given. In another, in another translation, it says I have delivered. It's past tense again. It's already worn. It's under Jesus' feet. So point number one, He gives you foresight. See. See, I have given you Jericho. He gives us the ability to see what will come or what the end goal looks like. Now, let me ask you, in your situation right now, in your circumstances, what do you see? Do you see a wall that is so strong, that is impenetrable? Or are you seeing his word? His word, where he says, See, I have given you Jericho. The battle is won. It is under my feet. Are you seeing his word? Are you seeing his promises? Are you seeing his covenant? Are you seeing? You know, when you are not on God's side, you see the wall. You see how huge, how tall, I've described the wall to you. Wall after wall, you see, you see up, right? But when you are on God's side, you see further up. And you see God. And you see His Word. You see His promises. And you have the confidence in His Word that He will prevail. Because He has won it all. So point number one, He gives you foresight. See the Word and not the wall. That's how we are to respond See the Word. When you see the Word, He gives you foresight. He gives you sight. He tells you what's going to happen. The battles will be won. You know, and this is how we're able to do Haggai, Revelations, and now Joshua. It speaks directly to us in our season. And from Scriptures, we are able to navigate through the season that we are in. God gave the church and its leadership foresight. You know, right before the pandemic, you know, God moved a missionary pastor to come back to Malaysia, you know. And God told this, this pastor to build a 24-7 prayer chain. And that will include the various churches of Malaysia. And now it's known as the MUFW, the Malaysia United Firewall. How, how did this person know that a pandemic is coming? How did this person know a lockdown is coming? How did this person know that turmoil is coming? God gave foresight. So see the Word, not the wall. Point number two. I'm making good time. Point number two. He gives you insight. He gives you instructions and He gives you strategies. Joshua 6, verse 3 to 10. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So Joshua called together the priests and said, take up the ark of the Lord's covenant and assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people, march around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horn started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Verse 9, some of the armed men march in front of the priests with the horns and some behind the ark with the priests continually blowing the horns. Do not shout. Do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout. Then shout. You see, God gives insight. He gives specific instructions. He gives strategy on what is to be done. And honestly, sometimes the thing that God asks us to do Doesn't make sense. God instructed the Israelites to do a number of unusual things, none of which had no military value, okay? Send the priests out with the ram's horn, not a sword, okay? And and even with a sword, the priests might not be able to fight, okay? Send the Ark of the Covenant out. You send the Ark of the Covenant out, if it gets taken away, the Israelites will be demoralized. Send all of this out. What what military sense? And if you hear Wyan's message, you no, know, the Israelites they are not they are not strong soldiers. They are not built for it. They are just a ragtag army of farmers. Right? It's crazy. They're nomads. You know they they. I mean they they fought a few battles. They won la. They won uh, the king of Sihon and, and Ork and all that. You know. But they got some battle experience. But they're still not trained soldiers. You know, how are we to respond? We are to act in obedience and faith. Act in obedience and faith. When God gives insight, we act in obedience and faith. Hebrews 11 verse 30 says, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. It fell after they marched around for seven days. That means... They took action, they act in obedience, and they went by faith. When God asks us to do things that doesn't make sense or goes against our nature, it's quite scary. It's it's quite, you know, we can be a very fearful one, you know. But we do it because we have faith in God. So point number two: He gives us insight. And our response is to act in faith, not in fear. When God told Pastor Chu that we needed to do a worship encounter weekend, Pastor Chu mobilized straight away, you know, straight away. He told Pastor Chu, Pastor Chu got all of us together. You know, and this is something that we have not done before in SIBKL, over the 20, 27 years of SIBKL, never before in history. And we went for it. Why do we do something that is so different, that is so out of the ordinary, all of the normal things that we do? You no, know, we were probably asking, will people understand now? People can tahan worship for so long, man. You know, but no, do it anyway in faith, not in fear. It is not men that you should be fearing, it is God that you should be fearing. You know, it is God. And it was such an amazing worship encounter weekend. Amen. Amen. Right? God came and He just showed His heart to us. Right, point number three. Let's go back to Joshua verse chapter 6, verse 11 onwards. So the ark of the Lord was carried out around the town once that day. Then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests again carried the ark of the Lord. The seven priests with the ram's horns marched in front of the ark of the Lord, blowing their horns. Again, the armed men marched both in front of the priests with the horns and behind the ark of the Lord. All this time, the priests were blowing were blowing their horns. On the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to camp. They followed this pattern for six days. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the loud blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Yeah, this just pause for a while. This is the principle of first fruits. Everything belongs to the Lord. All right, let's continue. Only Rahab the, con- the prostitute and the others in the house will be spared, for she protected our spies. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourself will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel." Everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into His treasury. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with their sword, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, goats, and donkey. Point number three, he fights with you. He fights with you. He fights for you. God was in the middle of it all. And that's why He said, send the Ark of the Covenant out. Send the priest out. I will go out. I am going out with you. You follow me. I'm going out. The Ark of the Covenant represented the very presence of God to His people and was marching around Jericho. No, when the ark, the priest, and the fighting men were going round and round, they did not see anything happening. Nothing was happening. Why? Remember, mentioned before, the basis? Because everything was happening in the spiritual. You see, the ram's horn mentioned here is usually used in the temple of the Lord. It is an instrument of worship. It was the only sound during the march. They march one round. Nobody was to say anything. Only the ram's horn. Pa go around. The second time, pa go around, right? What was happening there? Worship was happening there. Worship was filling the atmosphere. March one time, worship. March the second time, the atmosphere gets a bit filled a bit more. March the third time, it now gets filled up a bit more. March the fourth time, it gets filled up more. You know what? They, you know, when you go into battle, people will pump themselves up. They will shout. They will charge themselves up. And this is hype. They will hype themselves up. God is saying, I don't want hype. I want worship. I want worship. I want my name to be lifted up. I want my name to be exalted. So here they march round fourth time worship, fifth time worship, sixth time worship. And then on the seventh day, on the seventh day, this is the cumulative time, they worship, the worship begins to rise even more. And when we worship, when we worship, we are engaging in spiritual warfare. Worship is our weapon of warfare. God gives different strategy for different battles. But for this battle, for battle of Jericho, for the sins that have gripped us, that has taken a foundation in our lives and cannot let go, when we see that's so impossible, God says, worship. Worship is your weapon. Worship is our warfare. You know, Revelation 4, you know, it shows us what's happening in heaven. When what's happening is heaven, heaven is that it's worship around the throne room of god day and night night and day worship and when we worship here when we worship what are we doing we are mirroring what is happening in the heavenly realms and when we do that we are bringing the reality of heaven down to earth when we worship and heaven is worshiping there is a resonance there is a resonance, a sinking that's happening right now on earth and in heaven. And when that resonance match the frequency of the earthly realm of the objects, we know when, when the frequency of a resonance matches the frequency of an object, the object begins to vibrate. So now when our worship, our resonance with the heavenly worship begins to resonate, now the earthly realm begins to shake. It shakes. In the spiritual, it shakes. And then when they shout, that was the tipping point. That was the tipping point. And then the heavenly reality prevailed over the earthly reality. The earthly reality broke, broke. And that's how the walls came down. And that's how the walls came down. We pray, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we worship, what we are doing is that we are bringing that reality of God down. And when we know in the kingdom of God, we are bringing the kingdom of God down. And in the kingdom of God, there is freedom. All strongholds must come down. Everything will be shaken. There is nothing greater than our God. He reigns supreme. And The walls of Jericho will come down. And this happened before. This happened again in Acts. Paul and Silas in Acts. They were in prison, they were in prison and they were praying and singing hymns. And they brought the kingdom of God down. And in the kingdom of God, there are no prisoners. There are no bondages. There is freedom. And that's how the prison doors flung open. That's how the chains broke. That's how the chains broke. He fights for us. And our weapon is worship. Worship is our warfare. You know, we're gonna close soon. In a moment, we're gonna go into worship. But before that, I would like to ask you, first question, are you on God's side or are you not? Are you for or against God? If you are for Him, and we're gonna go into a time of worship, Let us align our allegiance to God. No longer am I putting anything else above God. No longer am I putting all other idols, all other ideologies above, but God will be above. Let's align our allegiance to God. Let us tell God that we are on His side and that we will lay hold of the promises He has given us lay hold, take hold of that promises. And when He directs us, we will be able to be obedient in faith, knowing He has won it all. So let us recap, when you are on God's side, He gives you foresight. So see the Word, not the wall. He gives you insight. And we are to act in faith, not in fear. And then He gives you the fight and He gives you the weapon, which is our worship. Our worship is the weapon. And when you are on God's side, all you see will be Jesus. You're not going to see Jericho. You're only seeing Jesus. Joshua and the Israelites were on God's side, and Jericho was conquered. You know who else in the passage was on God's side? Rahab. Rahab, the prostitute, was on God's side, and she was saved. And not just saved, she became an ancestor of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. What a redeeming story. And God wants to do that in our lives right now. He wants to tear down the Jerichos. He wants to tear down the strongholds in our lives. Amen? Amen, do you believe that? Do you believe that? We're going to sing. We're going to worship right now. And when we worship, let us worship God with all our hearts, all our minds. Remember, worship is our weapon of warfare. Worship is our warfare. And when we worship, we are going to mirror what's happening in the heavenly realms. Worship (laughs) team. heavenly father we thank you lord we thank you that we can be on your side and that the battle belongs to you every jericho must fall must fall because you have won it all you have won it all right now if you are facing a jericho why don't you raise your hands to god right now raise your hands to god if there is an issue There is a situation, a circumstance that you see and you cannot, you see it's impossible. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Look to God, not to Jericho. Heavenly Father, you see these hands. You see these hands. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you will give us foresight. Foresight for what you have done. Foresight that you have won it all. Foresight that everything is under your feet. Lord, that you will give us insight on what to do, what steps to take. And Lord, that may we be obedient and act in faith. May we be strong and courageous, just like Joshua and the Israelites. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that we be on Your side, and we know when we are on Your side, You fight for us. So we thank You, Lord, for this time where we can hear from Your Word, we ask lord that in our days in our weeks that our worship will be our weapon of warfare let every praise let every word let every song that rise up let it resonate with what's happening in the heavenly realms and let let's war let's war in the spiritual and that one day one day that earthly reality will break will shatter jericho will fall in jesus most mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen, church. Amen, church. Thank you so much. We've come to the end of the service. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we've come to the end of the service, so this is it. Thank you so much. Be blessed. For those of you online, if you need prayer, we've got a link. Click on the link. Go to our online altar call. We will pray for you. For those of you who really want prayer, do come up. We would be here praying for you. God bless.